Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S.com, code SUPER24. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. I'm your host, David Williams, along with Mr. Isaac Simpson. After the Memphis Grizzlies beat the Charlotte Hornets 130 to 114 to improve to 10 10 on the season. Isaac, welcome back, man. Man, glad to be back all, man. Glad to be talking about a victory tonight. Uh, man, four game losing streak. Are you looking at a tough two game road, road trip out west with the Lakers on Friday and following it up with the Kings who have been playing well on Sunday. Uh, you really wanted to get this one. I had a feeling they would bounce back. I didn't. I didn't know if they. I didn't know they hit twenty three threes. I thought they played well, but uh, bounce back got a win, and it was a big one on the home floor for sure. Yeah, I don't think anybody would have predicted that they would have had forty nine attempts from three tonight. That was. Uh, <laughs> they were just firing them. Man, they were, um, and I think great coaching job, much better coaching job. I think by Taylor Jenkins now when you. Not down 23 threes that has a tendency to make a coach look better. But, oh, uh, man, I just like the way he distributed the minutes tonight, man. Just great production all across the board, man. It was just a fantastic game, man. Franchise record in, in three-pointers tonight. And, uh, I mean, again, they, they really needed this win before they went out on the road. And they were able to get it tonight, man. And it's good, really good to see. Yeah, you know, one of the things that you pointed out last time you were on the show was uh, the way the offense flows whenever Ja is attacking – and, uh, and he was doing that tonight. You know, that is, uh, I think that that is a, a massive, massive part of this offense. If he's playing timid, if he's not attacking, yeah. it just, th- this offense just does not go. But he, he, he done that tonight. And the thing is, like, even in the, the previous game, he was doing it for the, like, the first three quarters of the game. And, you know, maybe I should credit the Raptors' defense more, but it seemed like in the fourth quarter they got away from everything, man. Yeah, I don't know what happened in that fourth quarter in that game. It's just, I mean, like you said, they played well for, for three quarters and it seemed like they just kind of let go of the rope and snowballed on the next thing you know. They were down double digits and ended up losing that game. But you're right. I think this team, they take on the identity of Ja. When Ja's point, when, when he seems like he's not on his game and, and, and not as focused or, or not playing well, the entire team seemed to struggle. Uh, tonight, he was engaged. You could see it from, from the start. He was getting in the paint, uh, making plays. Some tremendous passes tonight uh, for him. Double-double, 15 points, uh, 11 assists, plus 23. Uh, highest on the team tonight. So, I mean, he, he was really engaged. And, again, when he's playing well, uh, this team really plays well, and we really saw that out there tonight. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's been kind of just a little chatter back and forth about, you know, I think maybe you tweeted out something about the shoes about he just hadn't been himself. 
and and he he realizes that uh john from grind city media tweeted out a video after the game of him getting back out there and yeah. putting up shots so you know as much as we're seeing it i think that he is self-aware enough to know whenever he is not playing up to and you know who knows maybe this early in his career we have set the bar too too high you know i, I like we we just expect so much of him because he comes in as a rookie but you know finishes in the top four and fourth quarter scoring and then you know this year it just hasn't been there and uh you know it, it's good to see that he is aware and he's out there he's putting in that extra work yeah, I mean, he's just been so awesome. I mean, he came in his rookie year. It's just a revelation. So he definitely set that bar high. So we kind of have these otherworldly expectations for him to be this superstar already and for him to be perfect every night. And I think sometimes we kind of forget this is he had to, he, this is his second year. Uh, I, mean, I mean, he's still young and he's still learning. Uh, but again, like I said, he came in and set that bar high last year. One thing I've kind of noticed is when you see him working out even before the game today and, and tonight after the game, he's working on that three point shot. And I think. I think that's kind of might be a reaction of how teams are guarding him. It's been a little bit harder for him to get into the paint. So I think he's now trying to work on that jump shot. We saw him before the game. I mean, he was out there looking like Steph Curry, knocking him down from half court before the game tonight. And again, out, out getting up threes after the game tonight. And I think he's kind of, kind of trying to improve that part of his game. He's taking more threes than, than he has in the past. And I think that's kind of possibly due to, to how teams are now guarding him. Uh, but kind of shutting off those, those lanes to the basket. I think he's trying to, trying to improve his perimeter shooting. So I think that's kind of what you're seeing there. Uh, but, I mean, uh, again, man, he seems like he's coming back around. I kind of made a joke with trying to, trying to figure out what's going on with him. I was like, maybe he needs to go back from from the high tops to the mid cuts. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's the hair. Who knows? He's kind of joking <laughs> yeah. around there. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he seems to be coming back around. I mean, he, scoring-wise, only 15 points tonight, but he was on his game. I, I, I mean, from running the point, got 11 assists, as you said, man. Had to joggles out, making all kind of plays tonight. It was fun to watch. Yeah, you know, he, he doesn't have to, uh, you know, he's not a, we don't have to have 30 points a night from yeah. him, but, you know, him attacking, you know, get, getting the double digit assist. And, you know, he, he had, I think, nine in the Raptors game, but he, he was invisible in the fourth. And so, you know, I, I don't, I don't expect him to score 30 every night. If he goes out and he does that, I think that he is capable of that. But we don't need that every night on a night. No, especially basis not tonight. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. With everybody knocking down the shots. You know, outside of Ja, it was a, a bunch of career franchise, uh, a bunch of stuff moving tonight. So you had um, Kyle Anderson, career high, six three-point makes yeah. in the game. Desmond Bain in the second career start gets a 18 points as his career points. high. That, that's probably not going to be very long-lived, I wouldn't imagine. Um, DB ties Courtney Lee on the all-time steals list for the franchise. And JV moves up to 23rd all-time on the scoring list. Behind Jaron Jackson Jr. So, yeah, I mean, it, I was going to say, well, when you look over this box score, I mean, it's just beautiful. I mean, just the, the minutes distribution is great. I mean, the production from points, rebounds, I mean, just as a team. Uh, I mean, you just love to see what you see on here. Uh, I mean, pretty much almost everybody on the teams and plus in the plus minus. I mean, it's just this was a great all-around game. Uh, I, I mean, I wish we could see more than this. This is not something that you're – you're going to see it on a nightly basis, but if we can get some of this, I think they they be pretty good. But it's a great performance tonight, man, to see them put up 130 points. I mean, it, it, it's great. And the defense, we've been talking about the defense a lot. They've been struggling. I um, mean, they still struggled in that first first quarter, but, I mean, it came around, especially that second and third quarter. They really played some good defense, so it was really good to see that coming back around as well. 
Yeah, you had a uh, Rozier was killing them in the first half. He oh, had twenty four at the half, <laughs> and uh, they held him to ten in the second half of the game. So they they definitely made adjustments that that needed to be made to slow him down and just to slow them down in general. You know, they were there were almost no stops in that first half from either team, and then in the second half, the Grizzlies came out with the mindset of okay, we've got to get stops, and they were able to do that. So that, that like you said, that was great to see. The, yeah, they also also did well. Real quick, I was also going to say they did a much better job on Lamelo Ball in the second half too, because he was killing them early um, in that first quarter. He came out aggressive, but they kind of kind of set him down a little bit too in the second half. Yeah, yeah, and he's been playing great. You know, it's good to see a, a rookie coming out and, and doing good stuff. But great, great adjustments, and that's something you know I, I kind of got on Jenkins and the coaching staff in the last podcast because the lack of adjustments and. I'm like, man, do not be like Budenholzer. Like, I know that, like, that was his guy. That was kind of his yeah. mentor, and that's been something like a um, Achilles heel for Budenholzer. Gets to the playoffs, no adjustments, and I'm like, Jenkins is doing the same thing here, but they, they did make adjustments tonight at the half, and, and that's again like. Sane had a great video. He was talking about, you know, the the Grizzlies got him, got him in his feelings. And he was saying, you know, we're invested in this team in the second year of the rebuild, and we're more invested in the wins and losses, I think, than maybe where we should be. He didn't say that yeah. exactly, but that's kind of what he was getting at. And I and I had to back it down a little bit. I was I was furious after the Raptors loss, but you know, you get invested. You want you want the team to yeah. win, obviously. And you know, like DB early is like, yeah, you know, we want to make the playoffs. Hell yeah, we want to make the playoffs. And so it's easy to get invested in this team because they're so fun to watch. But I have to remind myself often, hey, it's the second year of a rebuild. This is growing. This is a developmental season. And, you know, like I, I message you on, on Twitter and I'm like, man, do you think Jenkins is doing this on purpose? Do you think he's thinking, like, what's going on? But, you know, it just uh, I, I don't think that that's the case. But I'm just trying to rationalize it and that's all I could come up with. Yeah, I think it's kind of similar to what, what we were saying about Ja earlier, that we have to kind of take a step back and realize this is the second year of a rebuild. I talked so much before the season about how wins and losses weren't going to be important. Now this is the season about development, and here I am. Like, when they're losing games, I'm pissed off after games. It's, it's hard kind of <laughs> kind of not to get, get invested like that because, I mean, especially especially when you have a team coming off a seven-game winning streak, you it's just hard to, to not create expectations when, when the team's won seven in a row, but – Again, you kind of have to step back. And then on top of that, I mean, they're missing four major rotation pieces on this team. So uh, you have to also have to look at that. So the fact that they're even doing what they're doing, I think, is remarkable. So I think sometimes I think we get a little caught up in, in, in what we're seeing. Sometimes I think you have to come back to reality and realize what's really going on here and see the big picture. Yeah, and, you know, like we were talking a little bit about this box score and how good it looked. You, you saw some of this, not not to this extent exactly, but, but during that seven-game win streak, you know, they had seven guys in double figures tonight, and that was happening pretty frequently. And that seven-game win streak, you would see six, seven, eight. And I feel like there was one game that had, like, maybe nine guys in double figures in a game. And that's, like, that's what they have to do. You know, you, have, you do have Ja Morant, but outside of him – and especially when JV was down, they've got to kind of distribute the ball, move the ball, and let everybody get involved in order to be successful. And that's a, it's a lot better to watch whenever they're moving the ball around for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, uh, Brandon Clark and, and DeAnthony Melton being out, I think kind of put a little bit of strain on that bench. I think we saw that over the last couple of games. But I think tonight, I mean, two or two of man, these guys all came out and 
we're all hands on deck. I mean, it's just, I mean, just to get this kind of production across the board, this is just something that you you don't see uh, when you look at this this box score. I mean, you look at other teams around the league. I mean, you lose – you got four major rotation players out. Most teams probably have the worst record in the league right now. That just shows you the depth that they have on this on this basketball team. And you get – when they get all four of those guys back, I mean, it's going to be – it's going to be interesting to see how Taylor Jenkins kind of handles – all this talent because I mean I think you got some guys now that are are playing pretty significant minutes that are probably not going to get minutes anymore uh so it's going to be interesting to see how all that plays out into the second half of the season but even, even looking at now being 10, being 10 and 10 I don't think c- coming into the season especially how they look the first few games I thought I think if you had asked anybody after 20 games would you take 10 and 10 I think at that point most people would have said yes and they've had other injuries that weren't expected and everything so I think they're in a pretty good spot right now um, at, at 10 and 10 and uh, looking at, I mean, what they have coming back from injury and, and how much better they can be as a team going forward. I mean, I still think you have to think this team is in a mix for a play in, even though you don't, we talked about not putting expectations on them, but I think this team is good enough to be there. Yeah. You, you know, agree a hundred percent what you're saying, you know, the, the roster where it's at and they're, they're right there in the hunt right now. I think, um, they're ninth right now, and they're a half game back from the seventh seed and missing four guys. And, you know, you, you look at the roster and the guys that are getting minutes, the guys that played tonight, it's easy to to pick off two of those guys. You know, Gorgie's obviously not part of the future. Yeah. And then John Conchar, John the guy Conchar. That you, can, you know, Conchar is not a big ego guy. And, and, you know, he like he comes out, energy guy. He needs to be out there with good players, though. And so, you know, if he goes back to the bench, you're not going to get, you know, he's not going to get riled up. He just doesn't strike me as that type of guy. He knows his role. He accepts his role, and he's good with it. So that that's two guys that you know that are going to slide back to probably no playing time. But then where do you go from there? Like, who do you move out of the, uh, out of the rotation from there? And that's going to be a, a pretty tough juggling act because Jenkins has – all but committed, and I will. He even, com- I'm not going to say not all, but he has committed to a 10 man rotation, and so that that puts, you know, you, you're going to have probably at least 12 guys that deserve to get minutes. That you know, two two of them are not. Yeah, it, it's definitely that's something that he's got to juggle. Uh, and and so to go back to John Contra, man, it's such a John Carter line, and I didn't score, but he had six rebounds, an assist, a steal, and a block. I mean, that's the epitome of John Contrard. Just comes in and just does the dirty work, things that don't always show up in the stat sheet. But he he makes plays. He make I mean, he makes some bonehead decisions at times, and that, I mean that's understandable because he's not a guy that's really uh should be in your rotation if, if everybody's healthy. He's just a guy that kind kind of comes in and fills in. But he makes plays when he's out there. I thought that was like the ultimate John Contrard line tonight. But yeah, man, when all these guys come back. I mean, you, you, you take the country out of the lineup and you take Zing out of the lineup because you don't think he's going to be – again, he's not a long-term piece for this team. Whether they move him at the deadline, that's still yet to be seen with that expiring contract. But you just kind of look at these guys. You got Jaron come back. You, you think about uh, Xavier Tillman. Uh, will, will he still get minutes? I mean, it, it, that's going to be something to, to watch as it plays out. But I think it it's just a testament to how deep this team is. And they've shown when guys go out, they can – have that next man up mentality and still win ball games. Yes, sir. I'm gonna run through the stats a little bit here, and then we can bounce on to something else. Ja was uh, 15 points, three rebounds, 11 assists, one steal. Dylan Brooks, an efficient night from him. He he scored 20, two point or two rebounds, four assists. He was eight for 13 from the field, 
four for eight from three, actually made the three to set the franchise record. JV with a double-double, 12 and 15, three assists, two steals from him. Desmond Bain mentioned his scoring 18 points, one rebound, two assists, two steals. Kyle Anderson, 27 points. <laughs> Man, <laughs> just crazy. I, You would not have convinced me two years ago that I would be saying Kyle Anderson is scoring 27 points, man. When, man when I'm, I'm a big, I, I was going to say, I'm a big Kyle Anderson guy, and I thought he was going to have a, a, a really good season when people were saying all summer that that he was the, the piece on his team that he moved that he didn't fit. I always went against that, but I didn't see this coming. I mean, six of eight from three. I think he hit like 24 threes all of last season and like much more games. There. We're only like 20 games in, and he's already yeah. surpassed that. I mean, it, it's crazy, man. Six threes, that's like one-fourth of his complete three-point output last season. I mean, it's crazy what we're seeing. He's my most improved player of the year. I know he's probably not going to win it. Grizzlies don't get that kind of recognition, but, I mean, he's been fantastic for this team and just doing it all, man, Being playing multiple positions as a ball handler, uh, just knocking down shots. I mean, he's – I mean, I think if you kind of look at it right now, I know a lot of people would say Ja because he's the, the quote, star player on this team, but I think Kyle Anson is probably the MVP of this season so far with – what he's doing and how he was able to, especially when John was out, how he was able to take over that ball handling duties and what he's done for this team. I mean, he's been fantastic. Uh, I mean, I, I'm glad he's still here. Um, he's been a big part of this team, and I think he showed showed his worth. I mean, he's made me proud being a, a, a Kyle Anson stand over this summer, so I'm glad to see what he's doing. Yeah, I would hate to see where the, uh, the record would be setting if <laughs> yeah. they did not have Kyle Anderson. That would um, – they definitely – 100% would not be at 500 right now without him. Grayson had a good night, 18 points, three rebounds, three assists, a steal from him. Tyus Jones, 12 points, knocked down some threes. He was three for four, three rebounds, three assists. Gorgie had two points, eight rebounds, one assist, one steal. Tillman, six, three, and three. So, yeah, everybody contributing. Conchard didn't score. He already gave his stat line with the, the six rebounds, an assist, a steal, and a block. You know, Everybody pitching in. Good team win for the Grizzlies. Now they move on Friday. Uh, tomorrow's an off day. They play the Lakers in Los Angeles. That is going to be a uh, going to be a tough matchup. Big Lakers team. I don't know if um, if Anthony Davis is going to be playing in this game or not. I, I'm, you know, big front line. You're you're missing BC. There is a chance that he's back by then, but uh, you, you know you. It's going to be a struggle for for the front court against this Lakers uh, this Lakers team. Yeah, really, Lakers down fifty one thirty nine at home to, to to Thunder right now. Uh, so that's going to be one interesting one to watch. You, I think if if you kind of believe in my theory, I have all these theories about if the teams lose the game before was they at home and all kind of things like that. I think I prefer for the Lakers to win that game. Uh, they're on the. I think the Grizzlies would be the last game of their five game homestand. So if they were to come back and win this game tonight, they would have won all four games on that homestand. So with, with my theories, I kinda that kind of makes me think the Grizzlies have a chance in this one. I know going in, I'm sure they're gonna be they're gonna be heavy underdogs. You're not gonna expect to win. But I kinda especially if they come back and beat the Thunder tonight, I kinda have a feeling that the Grizzlies might might have a chance to win this one. Uh they've lost their other two games to the Lakers. So I think this is their last time playing. I think they're only playing them three times this year. Uh so I, I think the Grizzlies are gonna might surprise some people on on, on Friday. It's a they played them, played them kind of well, especially in that second game here in Memphis. I thought, I thought they win both, win one of the two, end up losing both. But um, stranger things have happened. Sometimes the NBA is weird. You go into a game, team shorthanded, you think 
oh, they're going to get blown out, the heavy underdogs, and they end up surprising you. I think that's what we might see on Friday. Yeah, they they were in the, that second game, man. The, the Grizzlies definitely could have won that game. Yeah, just you know, execution at the end of the game, and, and you know, you got LeBron James, man, and and that's just he knew I mean, when, when it's fourth quarter, it's winning time. Man, he turned, he it, turned on. it on, man. That that's all it was, and you know, the, the Grizzlies fought, but just couldn't. You know, they, they lost that last game by two points, and uh, just tough. So you know, it's. I, I never go into any game saying, oh, they're absolutely not going to win it. You know, it's just any given day, they're all NBA players. Any team can beat anybody. Uh, the Lakers have played better on the road than they have at home. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there, there's uh, anything could happen. I'm hoping and praying that BC is uh, yeah, good enough sure. to go in that one. You're going to need him for the just matchups against that team. Because of the size of the Lakers, yeah, it's just so big, man. It's every mm-hmm. even LeBron. I mean, you got Mark, you got Anthony Davis. I mean, you, it's just so so many bigs on that team. It makes them really really hard to deal with. I mean, we kind of saw that in those, especially that first game where they really just kind of dominated inside against the against the Grizzlies. So you definitely like to have BC back up. Kind of speaking of the Lakers, uh, kind of kind of off topic, real quick. LeBron, I've been really impressed with him. Year eighteen. I mean, he's shooting upwards of 40 percent from three on almost seven attempts a game i mean that's I, I i've been looking watching that kind of all year and it's just kind of stood out to me that he's added that to his game here in year 18 i mean he's taking them making a lot of threes this year which is not something that we've seen from him in the past so, i mean again it's it's a tough matchup uh you, you're going out west for two you'd like to to find a way to split uh you, you probably think if they would split they beat sacramento and and lose to the lakers but i mean like i said you see these kind of crazy things Happen all the time. Sacramento's playing well too. Yeah, yeah, playing you know playing great basketball right now. De'Aaron Fox, player of the week, he has been on fire. And you know, I was um, one of the guys here at uh, Hoopball. You know, we have a a Kings podcast. I was listening to his radio show earlier today, and they were talking about uh, they were watching uh, the locker room, and Buddy Hield was just you know like he was supporting Luke Walton, and the the guy. And I apologize. I don't remember the guest that he had on, but the guest was saying, you know, if you've got Buddy Hill buying in to what Luke Walton is saying, if this whole team is buying in, you're you're in a good spot. And you know, Luke Walton is not one of my favorite people, not one of my favorite coaches, but you know, like lately the, the Kings have definitely been uh been doing well. Another rookie playing well. You know, that they just Grizzlies got past past uh, Lamelo Ball and the Hornets tonight. And then they they got the uh, the Kings and Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, Still can't believe that dude fell that far in the draft. But you know, good on the Kings for you know he's uh, made an instant impact for them. Yeah, they got to kind of talk about that chemistry. You you he's correct. I mean, Buddy Hill was a guy that we I thought was gone. I mean, I thought there's no way he was going to be back with this team. I thought I was just waiting for the trade to happen over the summer, and it, it never materialized. And, and now he's come back, and he's been. Playing really well, he seems to be bought in, bought into what Luke Walton's preaching down there. So I mean, they got some talent, talent on their team. I think uh, so. I mean, they can beat you, especially on the home floor. I mean, that team's playing really well. You talk about the Aaron Fox. Fox, he's just been on absolute tear uh, over the last couple of weeks. So I mean, really two two tough games, man. Again, like anytime you go on a road trip, you you would want to come back out of those two games. You would love to come back with one. Um, so. We'll see. Uh, but hopefully we can get some guys back. BC, I think, is probably the closest one to, to being back. So if he can come back on – on in either of these games, I think it would be big for, for the Grizzlies to, to to help them try to win one of these games. Yeah, man, I 
I, I keep watching like other team, like Laurie Markkinen had a, a shoulder injury and I don't know how similar it is to DeAnthony Melton's, but you know, we get no time frame from the, know, the yeah. Grizzlies when they get hurt. And so Markkinen shows like he's out two to four weeks. I'm like, okay, well maybe that's, that should be about what we, uh, we should expect on DeAnthony Melton. But again, you know, you don't know the, the extent of his injury. You don't know if, how similar they were. But I, I try to watch other other teams and like the injuries and see if there's any similarities to try and gauge a time frame on these guys because we still get nothing. So it, yeah, I just see that, and I kind of tweeted this out. I, I'm just frustrated with it now. When when the Anthony went out, I, I just kind of said, "Well, you said they're not going to give you any information." Like I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't come back before the break, and then that's crazy. I know you're thinking it's not a minor injury, but you just never know. Uh, yeah. with them and what, what's going on. It just seems like anything turns into like an extended period of time. Like they're, I think they're overly cautious. I think at times when it comes to the injuries, I mean, I understand that wins and losses is not the most important thing and you're thinking long-term, but again, I mean, this team is competitive um, and, and is a team that could make the playoffs. I think you should probably try try to think about it now a little bit. I mean, I know you're thinking about future long-term and I think that's the best way you should, should view this thing. But again, I mean, this team can win games, so if a guy can get back, I think you ought to let him get back. And that's what's so weird about the Jaron and Justin thing. Justin said some Justin said sometime this month. So I mean, we're coming up and getting towards the middle of the month here. We'll see if he's he's back. I, I don't think we'll see Jaron before the break. I think that's pretty much understood at this point. Was that's weird as well from what we heard earlier in the season. So man, I don't know what what their deal is. Injuries, it, it, it's weird, man. They they definitely have some weird stuff going on there when it comes to their reporting of, of injuries for players. Yeah, so uh, Jonas Nader from Roto World, he was talking about Jaron's uh, knee surgery, and he said, and I don't know like where, where who his source was or where it came from, but he was talking about it, and he said typically when they do, uh, you know, when they, when they work on, on that part of the knee, they don't repair the whole thing. They do, um, oh, gosh dang it, man. I didn't write it down. I was just, I was listening to him, but he, he said that they do something different. They done a full repair on Jaron, yeah. which is better long-term, long but term. it takes longer Take to longer. recover from. Yeah. And so I think, you know, like Chris stops went out and he's back already and he's playing. And so I'm like, okay, you know, he's back. Where's Jaron. And then I heard that from, from Jonas and I'm like, all right, you know, that's fine. Yeah. I'd rather them be cautious with him, you know, because I've said it before. If there's going to be a championship window for this team, you've got to have him healthy. He he has got to be healthy in order for that to happen. And uh, so, you know, take out however much, like whatever time you need. I just wish we'd get a little bit of something. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's so important for this future of this franchise. If, again, if there's going to be a championship window uh, and a player that's along with Ja or whatever else they add going forward, he's going to be that piece. So you definitely need him healthy and, and, and not a guy that's at a risk for re-injury. So if that is the case, I think you need to take all the time you need with him. I think one positive I think you could take, he, he had been wearing a knee brace, and I think last game he was out there working out before the game without it. So I think that's positive to see. Uh, so again, I, I guess their timeline is has changed, and, and hopefully everything's on up and up, and we'll see him shortly after the break. Uh, but Justice, again, we got about two and a half weeks left, man. We see if we can get him back. Because I'm, I'm hoping that. I mean, people. Uh, I wasn't one of the ones that's thinking negative about that, and I, I, and now people have been so paranoid about it. It got me worrying 
that maybe this is turning into to something people say Chandler Parsons, which is not that because the Grizzlies, if this doesn't work out, I mean, at the end of the season, they can just cut bait. It's not same, not the same kind of money, not long term, yeah, yeah, et cetera. But close, man. I'm I'm hoping he's he's healthy and can be what they wanted him to be for this team. And I've been waiting so long to see him because I, I know what his skill set is. And I think it would be great to have another playmaker like that, especially with Jaron back. It, you just look at the versatility. You got so many different kind of guys that adds add so many different things. And I mean, it's this team has a lot of talent and had a lot of versatile guys that can do a lot of things. If they're healthy, this team could be really, really, really intriguing to watch. And I think they could be really fun. And I, I think hypothetically what Justin's asked to this team, I think would be great defense and another playmaker would be fantastic along with what they already have. It brings a lot of lint with Jared. I mean, JV, you got bigs, you got different things you can do. Brendan Clark brings another dynamic. I mean, it, it can be fun to watch. Yeah, man. I, you know, for me, the lineup that I want to see is, you know, Winslow comes back healthy is Tyus, Winslow, Bain, BC, and Tillman out there. I I just think, you know, for what like for what Justice done when he was healthy in Miami, you put him out there with, you know, Tyus is fantastic backup point guard, the best backup point guard this franchise has ever had. Oh, no doubt. And, you know, you add, you, you got him out there and then you add, you know, Baines, you know, I, he showed off, in, you know, more of his skill tonight with that spin move there down low. And it was like one on three and he scored anyway. You know, I, I think when you, ha- if you have those three, you have Bain, Winslow and, and Tyus out there with, uh, with Tillman and BC, you got two guys down low that uh, can catch them lobs pretty well. That, that can get uh get real nasty real quick. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I hope that when he does come back that he can stay healthy this time. Cause I know that just the energy he had in the yeah. bubble before he injured himself again, you could tell that he was like, he was excited to play with this team. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to it for sure. Yeah. I don't, I don't buy into that. A lot of people like he doesn't want to be here. He doesn't want to play for this team. I don't, I don't believe any of that. I mean, he seems to, to be completely bought in with the Grizz next gen. I think he, this team is really close. I mean, these guys hang out. They talk about it all the time. And I, I think he wants to be really excited to play with Ja and Jaren. I, I don't believe any of that. Uh, he doesn't want to be here, blah, blah. I mean, yeah, that's... he's a Miami. I mean, I know he's a Miami guy and all that, but I think this this team is fun. I think he wants to play with his team. I don't blind all of that. He kind of talked about Desmond Bain. Uh, Keith from, from Fast Break Breakfast got just, just tweeted that Bain is so good with, with shooting threes but bad with the ball in his hand. And then Bain gets the ball, makes that spin move, goes to the hole. Thought that was kind of funny after he had just tweeted that. That was kind of <laughs> kind of ironic. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't buy into any of that. Not he doesn't want to play for this team. I think I think it probably if it was up to him and Jared, I think they both probably be out there right now. I think it's the the team doctors in the franchise not allowing them to play right now. So I, again, I don't buy into that. Yeah, and, you know if you watch the games, and that's you know I watch them on on League Pass because of the blackout rules and all of that crap. Like you look at what he's doing and you can't, if you're watching the Fox sports broadcast, you're not going to see it, but you know, he, he's, he's cheering, he's engaged. He's not for, I don't know what people are seeing that they're saying, oh, he doesn't want to be yeah. because like from what I have watched on the league pass and how he's, you know, like body language and everything. Yeah. Even there, just yeah. Hype on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like so 100% it, it, of the time. Yeah. Well, man, I, I've got nothing else for tonight. You got anything else you want to cover before we get out of here? Man, no, man. I think we pretty much covered. I'm just glad they 
got back on the winning track, especially, again, when we talked about those two tough road games, Lakers and Kings coming up. You definitely didn't want to go up, uh, go out west with a, on a five-game losing streak. So they were able to, to get one on the home floor. I mean, they got a home stand coming up next week. I think four games, I think, next week, uh, all on the home floor. Uh, so, again, man, if you can get one of these two on the road uh, coming on with a four-game road uh, home, home stand and get some guys back, might be able to get this thing back on the right track before we start heading to that break. But uh, a big win tonight, man. Uh, it was fun to watch, man. Anytime you make uh, 23 three-pointers, man, that's that's fun. I, I didn't expect to see that tonight. I thought they'd win, but I didn't know we'd see this. So good win uh, to get back on the home floor, man. And that's that's all I got. All right, man. Stick around when we get uh, get done here. You can get the show on Twitter at Hootball Grizz. Isaac is at Isaac underscore Rivals. I'm at DRO2111. Thanks for listening. Until next time, go Grizz. This has been a Hoopball presentation. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.